It's a deep cover podcast back in your eardrums coming back after taking a little bit of a break. You know, it's the off season. So we like to take, you know, stretch our stretch our legs, get up, move around, do some different things. Be patient. You know what I'm saying? Unlike a lot of the other stuff that's going on in the fan base right now, we're trying to be patient with it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back, man. We're back again. Got a good show in uh, in store uh, for everybody. I'm back with my friends. I like to call them my friends because they are my friends, Chris and Kerry. Um, it's going to be kind of a cool show. We talked about this idea. I think, you know, it's, it's a fun exercise to go through. Uh, free agency related. That's all I'll say about it right now. Um, but it should be fun. But we'll talk about a couple of little other things related, you know, to the league and to the Ravens before we jump into that. But as always, got to touch base with my friends, Chris and Kerry. Chris, man, what's going on? How you been? Doing well, man. Weather's getting better. Um, no, no movement on the Lamar situation. So, you know, the forecast is still a little cloudy on that one. But um, we're hoping for some for some daylight to break soon. We know where I think I might have heard there was some movement was with you out on the basketball court. Is this can can you confirm this? Oh yeah, I had somebody touch the earth yesterday, so that that felt good. That felt good <laughs> doing that um, a, a few days before my thirty fifth birthday, so that felt good. Mm, out there, oh, an early birthday, happy early birthday, man! Yes, no, sir. Appreciate it. we we already know how the party's gonna be. Models and bottles, we know how you do. <laughs> <laughs> bottles of water, to be clear. Bottles of water. <laughs> I, I don't drink, so that is yeah. true. Bottles of bottles water. Bottles of water, but the models. Hey, hey, hey. that's what it is. Hey, Adams, Rashanti, <laughs> come through. <laughs> yep. Even, even, even your girl. Hey, she like you said, she fumbled the bag, she fumbled the ball. But if she wanna, you know, do a do a reverse, are you still open to that or? K or she? she uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be as serious as as it would have been, but okay. you know, hey, that that's that's on her. Hey, poor 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 clock management, man. But but Ashanti, I will drop everything. <laughs> <laughs> if she says if she says no more deep cover, I'm gonna say Mike and Carrie who. <laughs> and I don't think either one of us would even be mad at you. Know, be like, hey, hey, uh, what else do you need? You need anything else? We can just erase. I can delete it from everywhere. Like it never existed. There won't be no reference to it. Uh, you know, any of us who you know have that opportunity understand. Uh, let me not get myself in trouble here. I'm uh, Carrie, <laughs> what's going on with you, man? How you been? I'm good, man. Just, you know, like you said, we took a break, got to recharge, but, you know, glad to be back with you guys. Got, you know, fun discussion coming up. Um, you know, as Chris said, we're still waiting on the Lamar thing. Um, not something I'm stressed about because I don't work for the Ravens, so I'm not negotiating this contract. So I I'm not stressed at all. <laughs> but, you know, we just got to be patient and wait. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. So a lot of people out here are saying they – Stressed out, they're tired of this, they're tired of that. Man, just take a step back. There's really <laughs> nothing for you to be tired about. <laughs> it really isn't. Hey, you know what? Look, springtime is here. I think the first official day of spring was either yesterday or day before. Maybe it was even today. I don't know. But it was recent. Um, so, you know, weather hopefully is, is going to start to turn and stay warm. It, uh, it's starting to, to get that way here in the DMV. So that's been nice. So, look, it's going to be plenty of other things to do, man. I mean, look. Your your life will not lose any value if you stop paying attention to NFL news this time of year and say you pop back up around the draft or whatever. You will, if anything, you might gain some value. 
in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'd argue, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Go out okay. there, touch some grass. You know, the homie Dove is going to have them tweets for you ready whenever <laughs> you come back in. <laughs> man, between Dove and St. Omni, man, we got these dudes out here who may be real, may not be real, but their impact is real. You can feel it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother story. The whole thing. I mean, and uh, Dubs, you know, they they hating on them. Some people out there. Who is it? Florio or Chris Sims? Somebody out there hating on Dub. Yeah, why they hating on my man Dub? Dub out here making it happen in these streets while not while simultaneously not being in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you say? You can't get in trouble for taking people's stuff and not giving them attribution because you don't exist. Right. So who who, who took it? Yeah. No face, Nobody. no case. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, look, before we, we get into uh, our little free agency related, you know, uh, idea that we're going to run through, um, there is some Ravens free agent news. Uh, you know, people have probably heard this stuff, but like I said, we it's been a little while since we recorded. So we just like to kind of, you know, recap, you know, go back to kind of where we were and what's happened in uh, in that period of time since the last time we were on here. So, you mean they not been active in free agency? I think you guys just told me before the show. This is like four people they 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 signed, right? Resigned. Yep. Uh, Geno Stone, Justice Hill, Dale Sean Phillips, and most importantly, Chris. Man, he knew it. Like I'm sitting there struggling. I couldn't think of the name. Chris knew it immediately. Long snapper Nick Moore. <laughs> resigned. So you know, I understand this. Offseason is a little bit more unique because of the situation with Lamar and how they kind of have to, you know, be prepared financially to match an offer sheet that could potentially come from another team. So, you know, they they've never been a team that's going to go out on a big spending spree in free agency. Every now and then, they'll pop out there and they'll make a big, you know, kind of a splash like they did with Marcus Williams or Earl Thomas or whatever. But but for the most part. They're pretty conservative, and I, I think what we've seen so far this year might be, you know, a little bit more towards the extreme end of the, con, you know, of, of the conservative uh, spectrum. But this is kind of what they do, right? They resign their own guys by and large, um, and they'll look for guys who they maybe consider value types. I think we heard reports about uh, the corner from the Raiders, Rocky Sim, came in for a visit. Um, wide receiver who's with the Patriots, Nelson Aguilar came in. This is kind of what they do. Anyway, even even without the context of of Lamar's situation this year, but um, just we'll just ping pong that you know do do a lap on that around everybody. I'll start with you, Chris. Just any thoughts on on those moves and or the reported moves about people coming in and um, you know just, just what you think about the Ravens kind of doing what they always do in free agency. Um, yeah, uh, the the guys that they brought back. Um, Dugino, Moore, Justice Hill. Um, who was the other one? Deshaun Phillips. Yeah, Phillips. Um, Another special teams stalwart. Yeah, those are those are all like you know minor moves that don't have much of of an impact on on the cap. Um, the Justice Hill one, I, it was a little bit of a surprise to me, but when I saw the numbers, I wasn't. When I saw the the actual numbers, not the you know when it first drops and you see the numbers. When you see the actual numbers, it's not as bad, but I would have thought that they were going to go with, you know, a, a younger guy, um, whether that's, you know, through the draft or, you know, maybe later on in free agency or something like that. I thought it would have they would have gone younger. 
and more cost effective uh, to, to have a guy on a, let's just say a mid to late round contract that you, you have, you have control over him for four years. You know, that's what I thought they would have went with. But um, I'm, when you look at the numbers, it wasn't bad. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have a guy who, you know, showed he can be effective as a runner. He could be effective as a returner. Uh, we know he can be effective as a special team player. So, um, you know, at least they know what they have instead of having to break in a, a new rookie player who, you know, they you don't really know what you're getting. You know, you could look at Tyler Beatty. You know, they they drafted him and look, now he's with Denver. So you never really know what you're getting when it comes to the, to a, uh, to any rookie, but um, you know I after those numbers came out I was fine with it. Um, as far as Nelson Aguilar, I'm good. Just bring back Demarcus Robinson if that's what you're going to do. You know, <laughs> if that's what you're going the route you're going to go, just bring back Demarcus Robinson. Like Nelson Aguilar, he's a guy you know who's had some success, but has battled inconsistent hands. Uh, you know, confidence has been a big issue with him. And it's like, why are we going to go down that road? You know, you're not really addressing any issue with a guy like that, especially in Baltimore. I understand that a place like KC, a place that can boost up a, a wide receiver's confidence, that can put a wide receiver in advantageous situations. And I get they got Todd Munkin, but when we're talking about an overall track record of, wide receivers and being a, a wide receiver friendly team that really hasn't been, you know, Baltimore hasn't been that place where, where you can do that for a, a wide receiver who's trying to get, get back on track. It hasn't been like that for some time now. I think what was Steve Smith, the last like real success story when it came to, when it comes to a, a um, free agent wide receiver like that. Probably. Yeah. So it, it's been some time. So, a move like that, it, I'm not really interested in something like that. Rock Yassin, on the other hand, I do like it. You know, a guy who's still, you know, pretty young. He he fits the mold of, of what they like in a cornerback. You know, he's a tough guy, can play press man. Um, you know, he's he has versatility, can line up on the inside, he can line up on the outside as well. Um, he to me, he really fits that Raven style cornerback. And and you know, that's typical of those temple guys who are coming out, you know, the gritty dudes. And, you know, they have experience with the Temple guys when you look at uh, uh, Tavon Young. So, um, you know, I, I would I would be interested in that, depending on the price, of course, because we all know the position that's looming large uh, over this team. And it seems like it's been that way for a few years. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel on those. Kerry, I'll come to you. Uh, get your thoughts on on those moves, um, and if you, I, you know, I'm I'm hoping that the Monken thing is is really something that can, you know, sort of take us in a new direction with wide receivers, right? I'm not saying you know him because they've had other offensive coordinators. I mean, we know what it was under Greg Roman, but Chris makes a good point. Look back even before Roman, when you had other guys who were not necessarily super run heavy. They ain't have a ton of successful wide receivers either. Um, but I'm really hoping that this could be something that kind of turns it in a different direction. What is it about Monken, you might ask, that, that makes me think that maybe they could do that. Um, if you look back at the other guys that they've had, um, even prior to Greg Roman, I would say outside of Kubiak, 
Um, I don't know if you've had another guy who kind of was like really, really steeped in a particular offensive system. We know Kubiak was coming from that, you know, him and Shanahan, that style. So we know he was really steeped in that, you know, kind of came up in it, played in it, began to coach it. You know, he knew it inside and out. If you look at some of the other guys, you know, Tressman, Marty, you know, even if you go back to Camp Cameron, you look at, you know, maybe West Coast guys is pretty much what you would probably, you know, identify them as. Mocket might be the first air raid dude that they've had, you know. And so, look, if you get an air raid guy in or a guy that at least, you know, kind of really believes in air raid principles and you can't get wide receivers involved, then then you're right. It's cursed at that point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else that you can do because that's what they do in the air raid. They throw the ball to wide receivers. Now, I know he got, you know, tight ends and running backs involved at Georgia. We'll probably bring some of that, too. But it was really designed around throwing the ball and throwing the ball to wide receivers and the tight end and the backs. I don't want to make it sound like it was all wide receivers. But when you think about the early days of it, a lot of 10 personnel, right, just four wide receivers out on the field, spread them out, throw the ball all around. So I I think that's why with him, I'm kind of hopeful that this maybe can kind of turn it in a different direction because I don't know that they've had – the guy from that background, even with the other guys that they've had. But anyway, I took a stop on a tangent. Sorry. Kerry, your thoughts on the free agent moves <laughs> that the Ravens have done, uh, have made up to this point in the, the visits that have been reported. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to your point first on Monken. Um, one thing that he said that stood out, and I think this was uh, maybe at the presser when he was announced, um, that, that kind of stuck in my head is he talked about when he goes through install, he likes to do that and show receivers where they would get the ball. And I don't I don't necessarily think I've heard anybody kind of speak about it in that way. So he understands fundamentally why receivers like getting the football. The game is more fun when they can get the football. So if I can show them where I can utilize them, where they're going to get the ball, uh, you know, you're going to get more buy-in. So to me, that's, that's huge. That's, you know, first thing um, I think about. So that, you know, that, that makes me a little bit more um, um, excited as far as what put, uh, potential receivers could do as opposed to previous years. Uh, then just talking about the signings, um, they were all fine. You know, they were fine deals. I think I like the Justice Hill deal. Uh, a little bit more than others, um, just because I think this is a team that lacks space players, and he's one of the only space players on the team. Um, and I don't expect this big, large role for him, but I think that he can contribute a few touches a game. And also, because I think the running back class in the draft this year is so much better than last year's, I still expect them to draft a back in the mid-rounds and it gives them an opportunity to to go into 2024 with two backs under contract. Um, and I, I think that that helps them, um, you know, just give them some leverage, you know, just have something uh, in the coffers when you're talking about Gus and uh, JK both being a free agent. So, um, you know, I still fully expect that fourth round range, you know, maybe fifth round. I think they'll tap in on this running back class and add one. Um, and then as far as the guys they brought in, I'm kind of with Chris, um, if it's with Nelson Aguilar, if it's like 
you know, close to a little guaranteed money and he's not really truly a plan necessarily. He's just a guy. Hey, we want to bring him in and see um, if he can compete. But we're kind of more looking at him like a wide receiver five, wide receiver six. And, you know, if he can ascend past that, then fine. Um, if we're talking about him as like, you know, legitimate three wide receiver um, competitor, I'm like, man, just bring DeMarcus back. Like, I'm, I'm totally with Chris on that. Like, what's the point? But um, at this point, we just kind of got to take the front office's word for it. You know, they've said multiple on multiple occasions, redoing the wide receiver room. Um, so I'm going to take redo as you know, a more aggressive approach than bringing in Nelson Aguilar to be the third wide receiver. So, you know, we have, we have into the draft. Now we get through the draft and they haven't really added. Then yeah, now we got some room to kind of gripe and be upset. But for now, I'm going to say that's a due diligence kind of depth, you know, potential piece added. And then bringing in Rock, you see, and I like, you know, a guy um, you know, with some physicality, with some size, uh, uh, a decent flyer they can take uh, with the cornerback group that, you know, has some youth and, um, you know, right now doesn't really have a defined uh, second starter. Yeah, and look, with those guys, with the guys um, who reportedly came on visits, like you said, the guys that they actually resigned their own guys, I, I agree with you guys. I think that's all fine. It's all solid stuff. Um, the Justice Hill one, again, I, I agree with the points that both of you guys made. Kerry, uh, I agree with you that they're probably still going to take a back. We've talked about um, in the past on multiple different shows around this time of year about how, you know, you don't want to necessarily go into the draft feeling like you have to take a certain position. So if they were thinking about taking a running back, they do only have five picks currently. You bring Hill back, add him, you know, with Justice and Gus. You can still take that back, but you don't feel like you have to reach or like, oh, we got to take, you know, a guy. We, we've already got a limited number of picks and you just don't know how the draft is going to shake out. And so even with all the guys that are there, maybe you miss out on your guy just because of where you're picking and just the way the board falls. Um, but you feel like we're still in a pretty good position with the three guys that we have. Right. So even if you don't get your first first top choice at running back and it's, you know, your second or third choice or whatever. Um, you feel like you're still in pretty good position. And with justice, like you said, man, when you, Chris said it, when you look at the money, it's a $1.5 million cap hit this year. It, yeah, it jumps up to three next year, but that's not real money. They can cut him and save $2.5 million, right? I think the only thing that's guaranteed beyond this year, the only amount is like $500,000 next year. So this, this could have been, you know, done kind of with that mindset, like, hey, let's, make sure that that room is solid going into the draft. You still can take a guy. And then if we need to move on from justice next year, we can do it. And it's not, right. you know, a huge financial um, hit, you know, for us to do that. So I, yeah, I don't have a problem with it at all. And I think Brian McFarland, um, friend of the show, um, DCP ring of honor. Uh, he made an interesting point about it too. Cause he said, you know, what if they're going to use Devin DuVernay, more on offense this year than they have in the past and maybe scale back his role in the return game just to kind of reduce, you know, some of the, the hits and that kind of exposure to him. Well, now you've got an established returner in justice. You don't necessarily have a guy who's never done it before or a young guy who's doing it 
for the first time. Because think about it, if you find yourself in that situation and you've got an inexperienced person back there, we've seen it in previous years, right? When they've gone into the season with inexperienced guys and guys are fumbling balls and, you know, guys get pulled because they fumbled a kick or they fumbled a punt. You know how Harbs is. He ain't going to put you back in there. if you. <laughs> and now you're trying to find somebody in your return game, not necessarily to, to give you juice. Of course, you always want that, but just to catch the damn ball, right? And don't turn the ball over. That's a, that's a spot you don't want to be in. Uh, if you can avoid it. So I actually don't think that that's that that bad of a move when you combine the money in. Now, for the guys who reportedly visit, I try to make this brief, but y'all know I love connections. So I got to do this part, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we know Greg Lewis is the new wide receivers coach. Most people who are football fans can kind of put together where I'm going with Greg Lewis and Nelson Aguilar. You know Nelson Aguilar was drafted by the Eagles. He played that first year under Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly leaves the second year. Who's the coaching staff? Who's the head coach that comes in after that? Doug Peterson. Who's his wide receiver coach? Greg Lewis. So you've got that connection where he's coached Nelson Aguilar for a a year. We hear all the time about sometimes these things are about maybe doing quote-unquote favors for an agent, you know, to report that you had a guy in for a visit. Maybe it's something about a coach where a coach says, hey, I know this guy. I can tell you some things about this guy. They sit down, they talk, maybe they watch a little film, and they say, hey, based on what Greg said, bring him in. Interview him, check it out, see what he got to say. You know, can't hurt. Um, This one, not really a connection, but it's just fun to me because it's like a connection, but it's very loose. So Rocky Sin, right, drafted by the Colts. Okay, go back to that coaching staff. Frank Wright, right, the head coach. Who's the D.C.? Jonathan Gannon. Where was Jonathan Gannon recently at DC yet? Philadelphia, right? Denard Wilson, Ravens DB coach. Who did he work for in Philadelphia? Jonathan Gannon. He never coached Rocky Sin. So that 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 connection is not there. <laughs> but it's like a three degrees of separation to uh, <laughs> Jonathan Gannon and Rocky Sin. So that was not as good. But I just thought it was kind of cool to see the coaching connections there. So you know, the, the, these things are usually not random, right? Guys who come in and whether it's coaches that get hired on a staff or whether it's players that come in, it's usually not random. Somebody knows somebody or, or somebody's sister has told them about somebody. However that goes, <laughs> there's usually some kind of connection as to why these things happen. And you just got to look like it's there. You just got to look for them. And it doesn't mess. It doesn't necessarily mean that's why it's happening, but you know, I, I think like anything in life, like all things in life, I don't know the NFL is different than than almost any other walk of life. It's about relationships. It's about people you know and and you know you're comfortable with. And I think that same thing happens in the NFL. So just throwing that out there as some maybe possible connections for why those particular guys might have came in. Might not have anything to do with that at all. Who knows? Could have totally just wasted everybody's time with that. Anyway. <laughs> Not gonna waste your time with this because it's gonna be fun. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Getting over a little cold, ran through the whole house. It's been it's been rough. Um, we're gonna do this thing, and I came up with the name. So if you don't like the name and you think it's corny, blame it on me, not on Chris and Carrie. But it's about and we're each gonna look at three positions, and we're gonna look at we're each going to take a player at that position who we think could be a realistic um, free agent target for the Ravens, right? 
even with all of the money situation, I know that might be the first thing that people say, ah, they, it's not realistic. They can't go after anybody. They got to hold the money. We factored that in to our thought process with these guys. So it's it's within that context, right? This is not just like, yeah, we're picking names. Go sign this guy to, you know, a $20 million contract. Because, ah, it's not realistic. We factored that in. Okay. So just like you go to your favorite spot, Favorite food spot, specifically favorite chicken spot, get you a three-piece. That's what we're going to call this, three-piece, right? This is the three-piece Ravens free agency edition. Uh, we're each going to take a player, uh, a position, and then a player at that position, and then, you know, kind of kind of give our thoughts on, on why we think that that could be a potential target for them. So we're going to follow the same order that we had in the Senior Shrine Bowl draft show. If you haven't checked that out, go back and check it out. That's an evergreen thing, especially around this time of year. We ain't even got to the draft yet. So if you still want to kind of learn a little bit more about the Senior Bowl Shrine Bowl players and see why I got beat again by Chris and Kerry, you can do that. Um, we're going to keep that same order. So Kerry goes first. Chris is second. I'm bringing up the rear. So no further ado, Kerry, we're starting with you. Who's your first free agent position and, and player. So, you know, I, I can't make the people wait. We going right to it. We going right, right the right receiver. Exactly. And my first selection is going to be um, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. A player of this caliber doesn't hit free agency. We know why, you know, there's an extent, uh, extensive, um, injury history in the last couple of years that has kind of led us to this point. Um, but we know a, a talent like this doesn't hit um, unrestricted free agency very often, if at all. Uh, I think it's going to take something drastic. You know, we long suffered at this position for years upon years. And I think the breakout is going to take something drastic, something weird. This could be that weird, you know, it's going to be something where, uh, you know, a guy like this, maybe it's like some out of nowhere fifth round pick just comes and balls out. Like it, it's not going to be um, something that's going to be simple in my eyes. It's going to be something where they're going to have to kind of jump out there and be aggressive. And this is a, a move where I would be aggressive. Um, he'd be going to an age 31 season um I, he's a guy that if you offer him a multi-year deal you know maybe three seasons you can um you know play with the money to make that that cap number in that first year manageable enough where you can kind of still handle your business you know keep a little nest there for lamar um but you know he has the connection with uh with monken already um, he should have some um, comfortability in any offense, but it does help that he would be coming in with an OC he's already worked with. Um, you, you know, we saw the clips from uh, the workout. You know, the explosion still looks like it's there. The ball skills obviously look like they're still there. Um, and so to be able to uh, add a guy like that before you even get to the draft, um, to me, would be an excellent start to uh, rebuilding this room. So um, th that's a that's a swing uh, that I think they should take. Um, you know, you're swinging for a home run. There's some risks there because obviously he's been banged up the last couple of years, hasn't been able to stay on the field. But scared money don't make money. So let's do it. 
There it is. I love it. I love it. He was the top guy on my, on my list at the uh, at the wide receiver position as well. Uh, so now he's off of my list. Uh, <laughs> Chris, we now go to you. Uh, who's your first free agent position and player? Uh, so make that three because he's going to be number one on mine. Um, but I'm going to stay within the position. I'm going to say DJ Chart. Um, he's a young guy, still only 26 years old. Um, you know, he just came off of playing a, a one-year prove-it deal with the Lions and, you know, faced some some injury troubles like like he has, you know, for pretty much almost his whole career going back to Jacksonville. So um, he's a guy who, you know, you do know that there are some injury concerns, but the upside is there and the need is there. You know, right now the Ravens, they don't have a, a true guy who can play on the outside the way that DJ Chark can. And he can provide not only a big body, but also that downfield threat that they severely need too. So you kind of kill two birds with one stone when you have a guy that has speed and then also the speed to take the top off of a defense. Um, and I, I think similar to what Kerry said is when you, when it comes to the contract is you can structure it in a way where it's a longer term deal where you can, kind of finagle some of the numbers a bit in case you have to, you know, do something spec like, you know, cause it, the, the black cloud that's always looming is Lamar's contract. So the longer the deal is, the more that you can, the more you can mess around with it. So I, if you give a younger dude, like, like Chark, who's probably looking for some stability after having to play on a one year deal already with the lions, you give him a longer contract you're able to kind of have some of that financial flexibility where you see some of these other teams be able to play with the numbers. And, and I think you, you can see the Ravens do something like that as well. So he's going to be my pick. Okay. It was my second pick also. The <laughs> list <for me> now. <laughs> and so I had a feeling that was going to happen by going last. And so of course uh, I'm going to come uh, third here and I'm going to stay with that position. Cause that was my number one position as well. Uh, so I'm going to have the least exciting guy out of, out of the three of us, but, but I'm going to try to give you a little bit of excitement at the end because we say a free agency. I think I was probably not clear when I told you guys, it, it, I said free agency, I probably should say free agency and or trade. <laughs> so, okay. oh, yeah. So I'm a, yeah, I got I, some trade guys too. Okay. Okay. So let's do that. Then let's save that. Let's say we'll do a whole trade section. That makes it more fair because if I get ready to throw this in here now, it's going to be like people are like, well, yeah, yeah, trade for that dude. We'll save it then. Smart no, market. No, you should do it. Yeah, do it. yeah. Go ahead, do yeah. it. Yeah, do it. Huh? You want to put yeah. it in there now? Okay, because yeah, because my guy, I, I'll still I'll still talk about my guy because I, you know, I, I want to try to you know stick to the script, be fair about it a little bit. Yes, it's not very exciting, but you guys had already mentioned his name. If Odell wasn't available, if DJ Chark wasn't available. If we weren't going to talk about these trade dudes yet, mine was Demarcus Robinson. Look, known commodity. Yes, he doesn't know this offense per se, but he knows the Ravens, right? Knows the schedule, knows how they practice, he knows how they meet, he knows how they work out, right? He knows all that stuff because he was here last year. He got an opportunity to play games with Lamar, so there's a little bit of rapport there with both quarterbacks with Lamar and Snoop. So a little bit of rapport there. Now look, this was a guy who came in. They were in camp, right? When they brought him in, they were in the preseason. Yeah. When they brought him, they might have actually broke camp and were like actually playing preseason games at the point. 
uh, that they brought him in. So this was a guy who really was probably coming in with Bateman being healthy and Duvernay being healthy. We know how that ended up playing out, but he's probably brought in to compete for that number three spot, you know, probably. And if you say, okay, he's my number three, we like I said, we know how it ended up playing out. He ended up having to take on a large role. But if the intent was bring him in, and that's what I'm kind of that's how I'm kind of framing this now, bring him back in to kind of compete for that three slash four spot. A guy who put up 48 catches, 458 yards, and two touchdowns in a Greg Roman offense where he was supposed to be the number three, uh, and who who had to play with two different quarterbacks, didn't get to play the full season with Lamar, played what five, six games with Snoop. I mean, I, I'm okay with that you know, for that third or fourth wide receiver. Could you do better in a third wide receiver? Probably, especially if you think you're going to play more 11 in some some instances and have more, you know, three wide receivers on the field. Yeah, probably. But you took my top two guys. So <laughs> this is what I was left with. Now, my trade, since you said go ahead and put it in here now, um, I wanted to go like two different ways. I couldn't decide between D-Hop and Mike Evans, but I ended up saying D-Hop. Um, I understand there's contractual issues in terms of the amount of money that's left on his current contract. That's why I feel like the trade stuff is it's, it's a little trickier than the free agent stuff that we talked about, because I think you could structure those deals, you know, in a way to get them in, even with the money, you kind of have to, you know, kind of hold up to see what happens with Lamar. I think you could still structure it and get that done. D hop. I think that's tougher to do. I would say it's impossible because it's going to require probably the Cardinals to take on some of that money. And then, you know, you're looking at the recent trade for Cooks. What was that? A, a, a fifth and a sixth? Fifth and a sixth, yeah. A 2020, yeah, a fifth this year and a sixth next year. Now, they're not the same player, D-Hop and Brandon Cooks, but you're just looking at the market, right? We saw the Elijah Moore trade just today. Obviously, he's he's a younger dude uh, than those guys. It's not exactly apples and oranges, but you're looking at this market where, right, at least reportedly, Cardinals were looking for, what, a second-round pick? was reported yeah that don't look like that's realistic anymore so i think that could help you in terms of if they really want to make a deal happen and say hey we're going to need you to eat a little bit of this money for us the fact that that market has shifted a little bit maybe helps you a little bit in that regards and say hey if you want it to be sweetened it might not be a two but if you want it to be above a five <laughs> we're gonna need you to eat a little bit of that contract in order for us to make that happen. So I think that gives you, you know, a little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism about how could we make the money work with a guy uh, like D Hop, um, and what you have to do with Lamar right now. So that 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 would have been my trade guy, and then I guess I'll throw in one bonus guy if the Jets end up releasing Corey Davis. Hey, take a swing at it. Why not? Right, still a relatively young guy. What is he? Twenty eight, maybe getting ready to turn twenty nine, something like that. Um, yeah, turns 28 in January. I actually wrote it down. Okay. Uh, hold on. 28. Yeah, no, okay. Turns 29. That's right. 28. Turns, turns 29 in January. Still relatively young guy in that same age range as Demarcus Robinson. But if you were to look at those guys head to head, I'll just ask you guys right now, which, which guy would you want? Would you want Demarcus Robinson or Corey Davis? Oh, that's no question. <laughs> that's Corey Davis all day. <laughs> okay. So I'm just saying, again, if you're framing it as get me a wide receiver too, or, or, you know, look, we're talking about D hop or, or Odell or you're talking about, you know, once, but if we're not talking about ones and you're like, Hey, go get me a two. I don't think you, you know, I ain't gonna kick you out of bed for eating crackers. If, <laughs> if Corey Davis is right. the guy you said we're going to bring in to try to be a two slash three 
in this because uh, I know they got some other guys. That's why I'm putting the slash in there. Um, okay, that's it for me. You know I'm going to be long as usual. Carrie, back up to you. Your second position and player in free agency. All right. So, you know. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Did you guys want to talk about your trade guys, though, the wide receiver? You want to do that now? I got a couple. Yeah, I got a couple gross ones. These are some. (laughs) The list of shame. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. Some gross ones. This is, you know, if things really, really get off track, things get really get off the wheels and, you know, you got to, you know, you got to hit that, you got to hit that, 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 that scratch and dent rat to see what you can kind of pull up. Um, Cedric Wilson with the Dolphins, they added Braxton Berrios as a slot. Um, and Cedric Wilson, I mean, he kind of fell out of favor um, with the Dolphins last year. He has 60, I think it was 61 catches um, with the Cowboys before he got that three-year deal with the Dolphins. He had a good year that year. He's a dude that has some juice after the catch. Um, I could see them. I think he he has like six or seven million guaranteed. I could see a situation where the Dolphins just want to get off of it. They eat a few million of it. The Ravens trade a super late pick for him and then maybe restructure and get him on like a cheap two year and let him come in and be like a wide receiver three slash four. Um, I have the same thoughts with a guy like Kendrick Bourne um, with the Patriots. And Kendrick Bourne, to me, is just like a a super interesting player because I think he was always productive when he got opportunities in San Francisco. And then he signed a deal with New England, and they kind of jerked around his playing time. But if you look last year, every time he played um, significant snaps, he always made plays. Another dude that can make things happen after the catch. So, you know, it could be the same kind of situation there. Super late pick on, you know, the last day of the draft. Bring them in, maybe restructure the deal a little bit. And you have like a wide receiver. Um, I'm going to say wide receiver four type dude because, you know, I want them to to really aggressively uh, attack this, this roster. And I think a lot of the dudes, besides Bateman, they need to look at as like secondary options. I think they need to really be aggressive about, um, you know, adding somebody early in the draft and trying to add somebody through free agency and trade um, to really bolster this group. But those are a couple of guys I thought about as, you know, sneaky last day of the draft type trades that, you know, would come in and maybe, you know, give you some juice, give you a little bit of production. Um, And then going to my pick, um, now we didn't talk about a, a lot of moving money around, so I'm gonna save us some money on this one. Uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna go down to my uh, to one of my flyers, and I'm gonna hit the cornerback position. Mm. Um, I'm I'm going with a guy from the Detroit Lions, Armani Aruwari. Yeah, he's had an up and down career, but this dude is six two, two hundred plus pounds. Freakish athlete. His his high his his highs like his peaks are very very good. He's also had some very rough lows. He's a guy that is probably going to be super cheap. I would love to bring him in as a flyer and get him with um, you know uh, the new uh, DB coach we got here. Get him in his infrastructure and, and see if you can uh, unearth some of that that talent. So. Um, you know, I always like taking flyers at the cornerback position 
And, you know, he's a guy that, uh, again, it's been up and down, but I think his peaks are well worth looking at. Even though he's kind of a bit of an um, older guy, it's not like he's 23, 24. It's like 27 now. Um, but, you know, he's still a guy that, that has that athletic ability in him. You know, he's still an explosive guy. So, you know, bringing him in super cheap, save you some money, but gives you some outside of the position and let him go in there and battle it out. So that, that's my, my pick. Okay. I like that. Ravens, they obviously believe in the same thing because, I mean, they got that was it, one-year deal with Trayvon Mullen. Uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll take a flyer on a quarterback too. I mean, a guy who – he started at least one year. I think he started his first two years out uh, with the Raiders. Um, and then I think maybe started to deal with a little, you know, some injuries in that third year and and then and, uh, ended up going to a couple different teams, Arizona and Dallas back in 2022. But, you know, a guy with draft pedigree, um, you know, I know everybody's heard he's Lamar's cousin. If you haven't heard that, probably been living under a rock or something that gets brought up all the time. Um, but, you know, a second round pick, you know, so – a guy who's got some pedigree and they took a flyer there. Um, Chris, come to you on your second position and your second player, but did you have any trade guys for wide receiver? I didn't get you on that. Uh, no, I didn't have it. You you said mine. Uh, D-Hop. You know, that's that ever since you said that in like November, that's all I've been thinking about. D-Hop. So you got <laughs> me on the D-Hop train. <laughs> hey, it can still happen. We'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Um, setting myself up to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, uh, my guy. I'm actually going. I'm I'm following Kerry's lead, and um, I'm gonna stay with the cornerback group. And uh, it's gonna be a familiar guy. Cool. I'm bringing back MP. MP. I'm bringing MP back. I I feel like last year, you know, we didn't see the real MP. I, I do not believe that's the real MP. I I, I do feel like. He was a guy who you saw kind of struggling with confidence. And, and that article that came out last year, you kind of saw him open up about it and not really being familiar with that kind of life where you, he had to, you know, rehab and come back and where he's seeing, you know, he's seeing what's what's going on, but he's just not reacting to it and trusting himself. And that's not the MP that we know, you know, so. I wonder if a year coming, you know, removed from that injury, coming back, uh, gaining some of that confidence physically and then also mentally just being able to trust himself. Um, and then you also have the the factor of, you know, maybe coaches not wanting to deal with him. You know, we love him, but I think we saw something similar too with um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Know who's another guy who's you know fiery. He's known to, you know, be a, a, a boisterous uh, guy, boisterous player. But not all coaches are capable of dealing with that or want to deal with that. And and I think it's similar with MP. And and I don't think he would get, you know, the maximum contract that he his talent would would suggest that he could. Because let's just say if he was a quiet guy who, you know, never got in trouble or anything like that, I feel like he would get a bigger deal than, you know, the, the guy that who, who he currently is. And I, I think the, the market on cornerback safeties has been pretty damn cheap. I mean, you look at the deal that Jordan Poyer got after coming off of a Pro Bowl season, 
you know that and and he that was him by himself you know because I've always thought him and Micah Hyde were like the best safety tandem because they just they weren't the best individually but just working in tandem I feel like they were the best because they were just in sync and um he was alone back there this year because Micah Hyde had the neck injury so he was alone and he still had a tremendous season and I thought he was for sure going to get a big contract. And I think he signed like 12 mil for some, something like that, two years, 12 mil. And I thought for sure he was going to get something bigger than that. And the same thing with, with um, Chauncey Gardner. Uh, I thought he was going to get a big contract. And it just seems like those contracts for DBs, those big contracts for DBs, they're just not there right now. And, and I feel like bringing back a dude like MP, I don't think it would be, uh, a real big move like that when when you look at some of the other contracts that we've seen so far. Man, he was number one on my list at cornerback. I that was my second position too. So I was just like you guys. I was wide receiver, cornerback. MP was number one on my list for all the reasons that you mentioned. So I don't have to I don't have to rehash any of that. All right. So I'm gonna stick at cornerback and this is um this is tough for me because I got two guys. I'm going to pick the one guy, but both guys, you know, were in the mix. Um, it's, it's Shaquille Griffin. Let me say it. Shaquille Griffin, right? Cornerback most recently of the Jags. Um, that's my guy. He's 27, uh, going to turn 28 in July. I'll talk about him first, and I'll just throw a little, you know, shout out, pour one out for my other guy because he's got a special place in my heart. Um but Shaquille Griffin, I know he's coming off of an injury last year. I think he only played five games last year. Had like a hip and a back that he was dealing with. So that's one of the caveats, right? One of the caveats with him and even the next guy I'm going to talk about. When you're at this point in free agency and you're looking at guys, there's there's a reason why these guys are still available, right? And and it, it tends to be injury a lot of times. Sometimes it could be age. Sometimes it could be performance. But a lot of times the team, it, it tends to be injury with guys who have played a lot and have produced, but are still out there. That's, I think, kind of the case with Shaquille Griffin right now. So you have to weigh that for sure, right? The fact that you want to make sure that he's healthy and kind of what his timetable is uh, in terms of recovery and when he'll be ready to practice and play. But if you go back just to, what was it, two years ago? What was he in Seattle? Last in Seattle, 2020. Yeah, he was with with the Jags in 21 and 22. You know, that was kind of the the – the breakout year for him, right? Three picks, 16 passes defense right there. Um, he played in a system. I think Ken Norton was there, D.C. back then. But, of course, Ken Norton was there, you know, along with Gus Bradley and all those guys back in the, you know, Legion of Boom. So that system of playing, you know, more zone-based, they were more cover three and cover one, so they did play some man two, but they were more cover three-based. Um, you know, McDonald might be a little bit more cover two, cover four, but it's still zone. It's still off man. So you get a guy who's played in that system. But then, wait a minute, was he when he went to the Jags? Who was their DC? Was that Bradley? Who's the DC down there? Yeah, and I think they were cover three. Oh, Cullen, too. Joe Cullen, who Ravens fans will know, who was the defensive line coach here with the uh, with the Ravens. But he had got promoted to DC in uh, in twenty one. And then he might have still been in D. Was he DC last year? No, they brought in uh, Mike Caldwell. There's another guy who, you know, kind of zone off base kind of guy. So I think you got a guy who can fit schematically in Shaquille Griffin. Um, you know, he's had some production. I just mentioned that, but I think you got to, 
you definitely got to tap in on the injuries um, to make sure that that's straight. Um, before I get back to you, Kerry, my other guy was going to be Ronald Darby. And the reason Ronald Darby is so near and dear yeah. to my heart. Now, Ronald Darby also missed a bunch of games last year because I think he tore his ACL. Uh, I think he only played in five games. He's a little bit older. Um, I want to say he's 29. I think he'll be 30 during the season. But Ronald Darby will always have a special place in my heart because when I was in the scouting academy years ago, and this is hard, this is a long time ago now, but he was a free agent. It was his first time that he was a free agent. So that tells you how long ago because, you know, Darby's been in the league for, what, seven, six, seven years now, maybe longer than that. But this was his first crack at, uh, at free agency. And so I had to write a report on him. That's Those were the guys that you get in the scouting academy. You get different positions, but typically you're getting guys who are getting ready to enter free agency for the first time. So I wrote up a couple other cornerbacks because I was doing the cornerback position. Reports were okay, you know, nothing to write home about. So I write his, and I feel pretty good about it. I'm like, all right, it's pretty solid. I didn't expect anything special out of it. I actually thought it was going to kind of get chopped up like the other guys did. Um, and it was just going to be like, well, you know, I'll keep learning. But he actually got picked to be in their summer showcase where they pick like a couple reports from a couple students who were in and they say, Hey, we're going to highlight these reports. And these are reports that we're actually going to share with some teams. So it was pretty cool for me. Cause I totally didn't expect it. Like you don't get any notice about it. You know, Dan will just reach out to you and be like, Hey, we're going to put your report in the summer, in the summer showcase. And I was like, who? And he was like, Ronald Darby. Yeah. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I didn't think it was that good of a report. Not no reflection on him. I loved him as a player, but I just didn't know that I, you know, did him justice and how I wrote it up. But he's like, no, I think you really captured it. I think I got a really clear picture of him. So he's always going to have a special place in my heart because I really did like his game. I mean, this dude's got over 90 PDs, 90 passes defense in his career. <laughs> he gets his hands on a lot of balls. Um, you know, eight interceptions. You know, you might say, hey, 90 PDs. Can, can we catch a few more of those? Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're playing DB here. Okay, we're not wide receiver. So we're doing the best we can. But um, – I'm always going to have a soft spot for Ronald Darby. But anyway, Shaquille Griffin was my guy. People are going to think, which one are you picking? Is Shaquille Griffin? (laughs) (laughs) But let's say say Shaquille's on a different injury timetable. It's going to take more time. Let's say Ronald's a little bit further in front. Switch around. All right, Kerry, your third and final position and player. Yeah, so I'm going to the edge position, and I got to bring my guy Justin Houston back. Yes. I have to. You know, he was just that good last year. Um, You know, you have the young guys here um, that will be able to continue to lighten his load. And so they can use him, uh, you know, in a more specialized role like they used him last year. And I I just think that he would be, um, you know, a great um, teacher for these guys. You know, maybe it's a situation where they bring in another edge rusher in the draft this year. So you have another young guy to work with, you know, the addition of Chuck Smith to the coaching staff. Now you got a guy out there in Justin Houston that's doing it with them that also can pass rush at a high level. Um, I just think it would be something that would be beneficial on the field for the Ravens as far as the player himself uh, in Justin Houston, but also beneficial to Bowser and, you know, all these young edge players that they have, um, you know, I just think it just makes a lot of sense all the way around. I love it. He didn't show that he really had fallen off much last year. If anything, once he kind of got into that rotational high leverage pass rush situation 
role, he excelled. I mean, he had a run there where he had, what, six or seven sacks in like a couple of games or maybe more, a handful of games. And he was kind of right there, um, you know, close to the, the league lead for like pressures and, um, you know, sacks. It was kind of midway through the season. Obviously, some other guys ended up, you know, kind of surpassing him for the, the final sack totals. But he was very effective uh, in that role. And so I'm like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> let's let's get some more <laughs> of that going. All right, Chris, your third and final positioning player. Um, I'm gonna go on the O line. Um, See, I was hoping I was gonna have that to myself. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you want it? I, I no, get no, it no, to no, you. no, 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 no. We said we could have the same positions. We just got to okay. pick different players. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna go with a guy who I like. You know, a few years ago, um, Dalton Reisner uh, from the Broncos. That's who you were gonna pick. <laughs> he was my guy. He was, but remember, I picked like three guys. Okay, remember, okay. so I, I had to I had to do that because I knew I was going last. So I was like, I got to make sure I got another guy. So I'm okay. Good. All right, so yeah, I'm going with Dalton Reisner. Um, you know, he he's a guy who he's. It's funny because his replacement is going to be Ben Powers, and uh, but I, I'm I don't really think those moves are going to pan out for the Broncos the way that they think they're going to pan out. Uh, Mike McGlin- McGlinchey. I think that's more of a reputation thing with him. Um, I know quite a few 49ers fans. And I was like, man, you guys got Mike Mike McGlinchey, man. He's good. And this was coming into this year. And they were like, no, he is not good. Like, he is a, a turnstile. And uh, you watch a little bit closer and you can see what they're talking about. when, And then you add on the injuries that he's had, too. So... Um, and then, you know, Ben Powers, you know, you'll you'll see dudes who haven't watched his game throughout the years just look at the contract and say, oh, yeah, he's the best interior guy, like, hands down, because look at the contract he got. Of course, you know, big contract. That means he's a, you know, really big, really good player. And we've seen the ups and downs with Ben Powers, you know, not to take any credit away from him. Uh, this year, you know, he played well, but – was it to the level of the contract that he got? I don't think so. Can he keep improving? Of course he can, you know, and that might be what the the Broncos are banking on. But I personally would feel like if I can get Dalton uh, Dalton Reisner at a cheaper price, which he most likely will because this is the second week of free agency and he still hasn't signed. So, you know, pretty much all of the big signings that are going to happen, they're pretty much done already. And um, I think you bring a guy like that who is a left guard, um, has some tackle experience as well, although that's not the ideal spot for him. But as Ravens fans, we know how that goes. Yeah. So um, to have a guy who can have that versatility in case of emergency, but also we have that hole at left guard, especially losing – uh, Tristan Castillo, too, or Cologne, whatever the hell, formerly known as Castillo Cologne. Um, you know, I, I think losing him, I think that's a big deal. Like, I, I think a lot of people forget the Ravens chose him to start over Ben Cleveland during the season. And he played yeah. well. Like, he, he didn't come in and they put him in the game and he was just a scrub. Like, he played well that game. And I was excited to see him in Cleveland battle it out, battle it battle it out because you have an undrafted dude 
going up against, well, what I thought was going to be going up against, uh, you know, third round pick in Ben Cleveland to fight it out for that left guard spot. But, you know, the, it was the Jets that snagged them up, right? Yep. Yep. Jets snagged them up. And now it's between Simpson and Ben Cleveland. And it's kind of like, you know, that doesn't really bring that same level of excitement that I had before. But a guy like Dalton Reisner, who has been a starter in the league, uh, plays the position. Um, I, I think that could be a, a nice, nice fit for the team. Okay. You took my guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no apology necessary. This is this is free agency. It's every man, like we were saying about the owners, right? Like, <laughs> I don't care if you no collusion you, over here. Yeah, I don't care if I piss nobody else off. I'm trying to win, baby. Anybody <laughs> thinking about it? So, <laughs> so I was prepared for that. I was prepared, but I was prepared in two different ways. But now I'm gonna pivot from my pivot because I had a guy, my second guy. He was a he was a younger guy. He was the same age as Dar Reisner. But because you went with a young guy, I'm gonna pivot back and I'm gonna go with an older guy. At this point now, because I'm gonna, because you make a good point, DJ Fluker. <laughs> I could. I, I did, well, I saw the pictures of him the other day. I was like, that don't look like the DJ Fluker that I saw last time he was here with the Ravens. I, that that version, shoot, I, I might kick the tires on that version of DJ because uh, even the version we saw here, I mean, look, the guy, you know, there, there's the issues. That stuff is is kind of known, and and you know, we saw out that year what the issues were, but that dude. Nasty. When he get his hands on people, bodies are moving. Uh, so there is that. But anyway, no. My guy that I'm going to go with, another older guy, like Fluker, might be the same age. I don't know. Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson, a name that people will probably know back from when he was uh, really kind of in his prime with the Raiders. Um, he was with Seattle last year, and I knew that. I knew he was older. He's 31. He's going to be 32 in, I don't think, I, oh, July. Yeah, so he'll be 32 before the season starts. So an older guy. But the reason I'm going with an older guy is because you went with a younger guy. I had a young guy, but I'm pivoting to the pivot. Um, but I didn't realize that he started and played as many games as he did. He, played, he started 15 games. He played in 15 games for a Seahawks. So for an older guy, again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched Seahawks games. So I'm, you know, I'm going to say, well, yeah, he started 15 games. And he was great. I don't know how he performed, and I'm not a big fan of PFF grades, so I don't really look at that kind of thing. I'm just looking at, you know, availability for a guy at his age, and he was he was pretty damn available. Um, so hopefully maybe there's something still there. Again, you've got two young guys who are competing, two younger guys in Simpson and Ben Cleveland, and you're hoping one of those guys kind of grabs the job. But it doesn't hurt to have an established vet like Gabe Jackson in the mix um, who you know can come in and play and get it done. Uh, he played right guard last year, so I know it's not always easy to go from one side to the other. I'm not necessarily one of those people who are like, hey, if you're a guard, you can play either side. Not necessarily true. We've seen that. So I want to assume that, you know, he could come in and just, you know, slot over to left guard and just, you know, be good right there. But I'm willing to, you know, if he's willing to say, hey, man, you want to come in and, you know, kind of compete for this spot at left guard. I know it's a little different, but you know, you, you'll be in the mix for it if these young guys, you know, don't don't grab the brass ring, as G. Rowe used to always say. Um, so I like it. I like that. My young guy was Elijah Wilkinson, a name nobody probably knows. Uh, he's a guard yeah. with the Falcons. Was their left guard 
um, last year. He's kind of had some injuries throughout his career. He was an undrafted guy, um, been with Denver, was with Chicago for a year, was with Atlanta last year. I um, think he had a knee injury, so he ended up missing a handful of games last year. But he did start. He played and started in nine games. He was in the game when the Ravens played the Falcons. He did play in that game. Um, but we know what their run game was last year. You know, they had a really good run game uh, down there in Atlanta. So 28 years old, another guy who, again, you know, he's he's probably available because of the injury. Um, also because, you know, that pedigree, he was an undrafted guy. He wasn't drafted. So a guy who's kind of had to scrape and claw for playing time. But he's started games everywhere that he's been. You know, not not necessarily a full season, but, you know, seven games here, 12 games there, seven games here, nine games there. So, again, if you're talking about a competition, another guy who could come in, you're probably hoping your third-round pick who's been with you <laughs> for three years now wins that job. <laughs> but if he doesn't, um, you've got that. So that was going to be my guy, but I'm going to go with – Gabe Jackson. I thought about Trey Turner too in the Commanders as another, you know, uh veteran guy who could come in. But either one, you know, if it just depends on how you want to play that. Do you want to let two young guys compete and you don't want to bring in a third young guy because you need somebody who if they F it up and they can't get it done, somebody who can come in and step, you know, step in and, and play in games. Maybe you do go with an old guy, or maybe you say not. Nah, give me three young dudes. Like Mike T says, three guys, one, you know, three dogs, one bone. <laughs> and somebody, you know, some, yeah. somebody's got to rise to the top of the state. Uh, but I like having that vet in there just as like a breaking case of glass kind of situation, which might be appealing to the vet too. If he's like, he understands where he's at at this point, he maybe doesn't necessarily see himself as a starter, or at least he's willing. I think all these guys see themselves as starters. So I don't want to say that, but he's at least willing to say, hey, if I'm not the starter, I'm professional enough that I can continue to get myself ready every week. And if you need me, you know, I can step in and, you know, I'm going to perform. Maybe you get a guy who, uh, because of where he's at in his career, he's of that mindset and he's willing to take a role like that. Maybe. So I think, did you guys have trades at any of those other positions that you maybe had considered like at corner or edge or offensive line? I didn't, I only had trades for wide receiver that I thought about. I didn't think about trading for anybody else. Yeah, that was the only position I had trades for. Um, you know, a couple that we didn't hit. Cortland Sutton is an interesting mm-hmm. one. Um, on a lesser scale, Allen Robinson. I watched him last year, and, you know, his his ability to separate didn't look great. You know, he's never really been a separator per se. Um, and the contract is, is uh, kind of ugly a little bit, so there's going to take some – you have to grease the skiers a little bit there, but you know, if you if you can get him for like a super late pick if they're just dumping him, you know, it might be something where you know maybe it's an intriguing flyer if you kind of strike out with the D Hops and the Evans and those guys. Um, but yeah, that was that was really it. I didn't have any trades at any other uh, positions. Okay, but that's so good. Good names to add to that wide receiver group because I think. That that's something that you have to kind of keep in your mind as you think about that. Like everybody wants them to add another wide receiver and they assume they'll probably add one in the draft. But like before that, and you kind of get fixated on free agents, even though, you know, some of the other guys aren't available. You're still thinking only about free agents, only about free agents. Well, they they could trade for somebody. And, you know, I know people will look at the money part. And of course, that's a factor. And that would have to be, you know, worked out. But 
you think about what we've seen the last couple of years, some some right before the draft, some during the draft, right? Hollywood gets traded. A.J. Brown gets traded. You know, yeah. um, there's probably some other guys I'm not thinking of, like, you know, premier type names or, or, or recognizable type names at the wide receiver position who's who gets traded either right before or during the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if they were to make a move like that. Um, you know, maybe the, if it's D-Hop, for example, maybe the Cardinals do wait a little bit closer to the draft because they they want to hold on to, you know, what they think they're, they're what they'll be able to get until it gets to the point where it's like, oh, we're not going to get that. Maybe let's just take, you know, the best offer um, that we can. So I wouldn't be surprised if in or around, you know, right, right before or even during the draft that they were to make a, a trade for a wide receiver. Whether it's him or somebody else, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Like you always say, my deadline spur action. And, and that's Andrew Brandt. And, yeah, baby. And, <laughs> and once the Panthers go on the clock with that number one pick, that's when it starts. Yep. So, you know, you could see. Yeah, I think there's been too much smoke with some of these guys where um, I, I really feel like something's going to happen with, you know, at least DeAndre Hopkins. There's been a lot of smoke with the Denver guys. You know, maybe it, because of the asking price, it seems like they have for Jerry Judy. Maybe it's not him, but, you know, Cortland Sutton could be a guy that's on the move during the draft. Um, you know, you've heard Mike Evans, Tampa Bay, I'm not sure. Like, I, I really feel like Tampa Bay is just going to try to eat this year and try to come right back next year. Um, you know, they're taking on that that big cap hit with Brady, just taking it all this year. I mean, they have no choice in it. They have to take it. But, you know, they're absorbing it this year. I think they're just going to – this is just going to be a lean year for them. I don't think it's going to be like a teardown situation. But, you know, at the same time, if Mike Evans comes to them and say, hey, man, I'm, I don't have any interest in, in, you know, dialing it back now. You know, I'm of a certain age, I want to win. Then, you know, maybe something happens at the draft, you know, with him. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. But I, I definitely think you'll see a couple receivers get traded during the draft. Yeah, now and and now think about this. I might get a little crazy for people with this, but I'm just saying, just just think about it. Okay. So you got the Cardinals sitting there in number three, right? I think all of us who follow the draft are kind of into the draft are thinking maybe somebody wants to move up to get a quarterback, right? I think this is just how I think about it. I'll, I'll see if you guys agree or disagree. Uh as much as I think Anthony Richardson could be the top quarterback that's taken. I think it's going to be between Stroud and Bryce Young. Either way, either Young goes one and Stroud goes two or Stroud goes one and Young goes two. That's what I think. I do think Anthony Richardson will still be in that top group. I think he'll probably go before Will Levis. I think he should. You never know with the NFL, though. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> let's say somebody wants to come up to that third spot to, to get a quarterback. I've heard, you know, Colts, maybe they move up because they don't want to get the fourth guy, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they stick there. Maybe, but maybe there's somebody else who wants to come up. Maybe there is a Colts. All right. So here's where I'm going with this. You're, um, who's the Cardinals head coach? Gannon? New uh, head coach? Right. Uh, Gannon. He's Gannon, right? Well, yeah. wait. Oh, I thought you said the, the Panthers. Sorry. No, Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. Okay. John's a Gannon, right? He comes mm -hmm. in, first year head coach. What attachment does he have to Kyler Murray? Just, just that. Um, 
Because that little that little baby carrier that he has to hold him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Now people will say, "Well, ho, 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 man." Kyler Murray just signed this contract. What you talking about, man? <laughs> and I'm looking at the contract, and I'm like, after 2024, there's no more guaranteed salary in that contract. There's the bonus money, which is is pretty sizable. I want to say it's like 13 million for 24, 25, 26. Then it drops down to like seven in 27. So obviously that all would get accelerated on your cap if you were to move on from him. But the guaranteed salary, that's gone after 24. So if you're like, hey, man, I don't really – I didn't draft this guy. I don't have that same attachment to this guy. I come in – you know, you try to do the clean slate with with people, right? Hey, I'm not going to pay attention to the stuff I've heard. I'm not worried about none of that. I want to come in and start a new relationship with you. Maybe all of that goes great. And what I'm saying is like totally like ridiculous, but let's say it's not, let's say he comes in, he hears some things, he sees some things. He's like, nah, this ain't it for me. Okay. (laughs) This is, this ain't it for me. So he's maybe willing to get out of that business. Right. I'm not necessarily saying you can trade that contract because I don't know how easily you can do that. But I'm saying is what if they say we take a quarterback? I mean, what else we got going on? Cole McCoy. Okay, yeah. Cole McCoy could come in and maybe play what? Kyler's supposed to be out for at least, what, half of next season before he's healthy enough to come back? Okay, we could rock with Cole McCoy as a veteran guy. But again, if I'm on the mind like, hey, maybe after 24, I'm out of this Kyler Murray business. Let me go ahead and get my guy now. I'm I'm in a prime position to do so. I'm number three overall. If I'm going to take a QB, I can get the guy I want right now. Right? Because you would assume if Kyler comes back healthy – that you probably ain't gonna be picking this high once he's back and he's a starter again. So I'm just saying, if you're gaining, yeah, you don't like the vibes that you're getting, <laughs> you got an opportunity. New GM there too, that also didn't wasn't there when they drafted Kyler Murray. Right. So he's not tied to him either. Exactly. So you see where I'm going. You take the QB at number three, and you're saying, All right, we could probably use some additional picks now too. To, to start to build around. I mean, we got some wide receivers. We got Hollywood, but some additional picks to start to build around this QB of the future. Let's trade D-Hop, get what we can get in terms of additional picks. Again, that's why I brought this up. The On the, you know, the draft day trade, right? Let's say we make that move that day because this is this whole master plan that I'm laying out. Now we get, maybe we can't get the second. Maybe we can get a third or a fourth. Or even if we were to get a fifth and a sixth, if we can get them both in this same year, though, as opposed to the Cowboys who had to get one this year, one next year, maybe we can do that, right? Um, Because somebody, we say, hey, we'll eat some of that salary if you give us two this year. We'll eat some salary. Maybe you can make something like that happen. So now you got your quarterback for the future because you don't foresee it with Kyler being your deal. And you got some additional picks to start to, you know, build around him whoever that person is for the future. I'm just saying, you know, I see all the mocks. Everybody's saying Will Anderson because I think everybody's assuming it's locked in with Kyler, right? Contract, you can't do anything with that. Yeah, you're going to eat a crap ton of dead money <laughs> after 24 because of the, the bonus prorations. But, hey, we've talked about it before, right? Don't don't get into this sunk cost thing, right? If if this ain't it for you, get out of it. Right. <laughs> get in Arizona, even though, like you said, different GM, different head coach, same owner, they've gotten out of a situation before. They got out of a, a first round pick quarterback, 
to yep. get Kyler. Yep. Got out of the Josh Rosen business after a year because he's not our guy, right? New coach comes in. That's not my guy. I want this guy. So I'm just saying, it's as crazy as it might sound, it ain't unprecedented, particularly for them in their recent history. It literally just happened. <laughs> so here yeah. we are again. New coach comes in. This ain't my guy. I'm not saying he's saying that. This is just in my hypothetical. This ain't my guy. I'm in a prime position to get my guy. Just saying. Yeah, Keep the argument mind. is there. Keep in mind. See, think about that. Think about if it does play out the way that I talked about. And it's some combination of Young and Stroud go one and two. You're sitting there at three. You could take Anthony Richardson. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, look, organizationally, right? I understand the coach wasn't there to do this and the GM wasn't there to do that. But obviously, for this thing to have happened, um, the owner had to be a part of it. Organizationally, you already had to put in a clause to make this dude study. So you already got some vibes about it <laughs> organizationally. I know they ended up taking it out. But the fact that you did it shows right. that organizationally, eh? We don't know. And then what was it? Who was it? Humphreys or one of their offensive linemen who kind of was oh, talking um, about him recently? Beecham. Yeah, Beecham. Yeah. I don't want to put that on anybody who didn't say it. My bad. <laughs> who was kind of questioning his leader. I'm just saying, I think there's some smoke out there. Yeah. And you got a new GM and you got a new head coach. I just wouldn't be surprised. And we see it periodically in the draft, a big shakeup, right? That, that nobody has really talked about. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And you see, so I'll just say it. Mm-hmm. It's a long-winded way to say that there could be a way that DeAndre Hopkins gets traded on draft day and it ends up being the Ravens. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Ravens would give up two picks because they only got five. So I don't I don't think that they would get not, – certainly not this year. Maybe they'd be willing to give up one this year and one next year. And if you could still get the Cardinals to eat some salary for that, then okay. Maybe, maybe you're down with that. But – I just, you know, I started seeing more and more after the Panthers trade of these mocks where it's quarterback, quarterback, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson and then quarterback. And I'm like, I don't know so sure that they wouldn't take a quarterback <laughs> at number three or that or I know that they could trade back. Like we just talked about it. If somebody else wants to court, let's say they don't buy into this crazy thing that I'm I'm selling. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to stick it out with Kyler and see where it goes. They move out of that pick for somebody who wants to come in and get a quarterback and they get a bunch of other picks and they continue to build that way. That's possible. I'm just saying these new dudes, they ain't got no attachment to Kyler. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. And like you said, they had the history. Just saying. <laughs> you already got the vibes. You mm-hmm. got to make this dude study. Contractually, we got to make him study. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> go, on you, go on and get you AR-15. Start fresh in 2024 or 2025. Maybe you got two more years with Kyler. That's perfect, right? Everybody says, hey, he's got all of these raw tools, but he just needs some time to develop. Can't get no better than that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, obviously, you would prefer to probably trade Kyler. You don't want to just losing take the dead cap hit and get nothing you would look to want to move on from him at that point who knows what that looks like in two years what the quarterback market is or whatever i'm just saying something to think about 
Anyway, that's my crazy draft theory for this show. <laughs> Probably have at least one um, for however many shows we do in between. Because <laughs> it's what I do. I just think around. I sit around and just think about crazy draft scenarios, usually at night. I'm laying there. I'm trying to fall asleep. And I'm like, what if they do this? <laughs> because I think about all of these mocks. And I just, you know, I have a thing about when everybody agrees on something. That just it bothers me when you see a lot of agreement on something because I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I think there's too many people agreeing about how this is going to go, and I think you guys both know because you've heard about some of the stuff I've done in the past, some bets I've made and stuff. I ain't gonna get all into that now, but I'm a low probability kind of guy. I think whenever there's something that's really low probability, put some money on it. I ain't saying put a lot of money on it. Don't be stupid. Put a little bit of money on it <laughs> because, like Carrie knows, what they say about playing DFS and GPPs, right? We ain't trying to cash. We ain't trying right. to come in second. We're trying to win. Yeah. So scare money don't make none. Yeah. So sometimes you got to do something a little bit crazy, or you got to take a gamble on something that seems very, very unlikely in order to win, or in order, you know, in order to come away with the ultimate prize. So I, I try to think about those low probability kind of situations, and you best believe I've been looking. Some books to see what what I can get for Arizona taking a quarterback at three. I'll put some money on it because if it hit, it'll be looking pretty good. Because <laughs> I gotta imagine the odds are I gotta imagine the odds are pretty good right now. Because I don't think anybody really expects them to do that. You could do both. You could you know bet for Cardinals to take them at three, or just bet for him to go at three, and then you cover yourself. Whether it's the Cardinals doing it or whether they're trading down. So see, that's smart. See, that's how to hit it. That's the smart money right there. See, man, I'm telling you, I got to get in on this stuff, man. We just giving this stuff away for free. It's <laughs> people charging subscriptions, yes. annual subscriptions to get this kind of stuff. We giving it away. Right. And Carrie has been right a number of times about this stuff around the draft. So I'm just like, look, I better get this stuff now while you can, man, because that day is coming. We talked about this earlier today, man. It's people <laughs> out here. I ain't going to – it'll it'll get too obvious if I say too much about it, but it's people out here doing stuff that's like, man, come on. If I'm in that position, sh- <laughs> 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 let me get that opportunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm just – it ain't, it ain't going to be much longer, folks. Sad for me because that means Kerry won't probably – be too important to be on deep cover but <laughs> when it happens and we may we're gonna lose chris to uh shanti so right. it'll be down to me Harry <laughs> 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 will be you know running his own fantasy shop with some people working under him and uh chris will be living the dream and it'll just be me here so. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows maybe i can get some other co-hosts to join me and we can have, you know, like bands, right? They got a different band members come in over time, different groups, you know, guys, the original guys kind of go their separate ways and some other new guys come in. Maybe we could have, I could have some new guys come in. They're not going to be you guys, but uh, that might be my way of keeping it afloat when you guys become too big and important to, uh, Mike gonna try to pull a Johnny Gill and New Edition type situation. <laughs> yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta go find me a Ralph Tresvant. <laughs> right, I lose a Bobby Brown. <laughs> I got 
to go get me a Ralph Tresband somewhere. <laughs> I know you're out there, Ralph. <laughs> Sensitivity. That's but nah, man, that's, that's going to be in the contract clause, man. It's, it's deep cover forever. So whoever, whoever signed me on, they got to understand. Every Wednesday or Thursday, this is where I'll be. Sure. I figure if worse comes to worse and you guys – you know, or doing other things and aren't able to do the show anymore. I'll go the complete opposite way. I'll do like a first take kind of deal. It'll be me <laughs> and somebody who's like the total opposite of me. <laughs> and we just get on here and start yelling at each other. <laughs> I figure like, hey, man, I tried to stay true to the game with my guys. We had a good run. It's over. Now I'm going to sell my soul to get into the hot take business. <laughs> Maybe I'll link up with White Row. Me and White Troy will get together. Oh, man. And <laughs> <laughs> we can do a show. <laughs> we'll be last take. They first take, we'll be last take. <laughs> I don't know if he's open to that or not, but uh, I, I, I think that we probably are a little different and uh, how our football opinions, and that's good. It's for good debate. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm gonna keep my my, my I'm keep that in my prayers. That uh, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to pray against you getting with Ashanti, Chris. That feels wrong, but <laughs> selfishly for the show, kind of like you would stay. But uh, I'm definitely gonna be you know always uh, propping carry up because that time is coming. I I do. I don't ever think honestly. I'm not just saying this because you're here, but we've talked about it before. I don't look at it as as if it's just when it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. And it'll happen when it's the right time for it to happen. But it's going to happen and it's going to be a great opportunity. And that's going to be it. It's going to be like a rocket taking off at that point. It, it ain't It ain't going to be no airplane going up slow. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's going to go straight up. Because I think once it's just exposure, you know, once, you, once you're on, that, on a platform where you're getting more exposure, it's all going to click for people. Like, oh, shit. This is like one of the smartest dudes out there when it comes to this stuff. So that's going to happen no matter what. Yeah, appreciate that, man. I just keep my head down, keep grinding. Like you said, it's going to be the right opportunity. Yep. Hey, we've said it before. Somebody's always watching. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Somebody yeah. always watching. Somebody's always listening. And you just never know when that somebody is the one who pulls the trigger and says, hey, this is a guy. I need this guy. I, I, I got to give this guy a shot. You know, because there's something special here. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's a matter of time. That's it. Well, I guess we're good then, right? Ready to wrap this thing up? We ain't got anything else we want to hit on? No. Not probably. probably oh, we got to tease a little something. I know we haven't talked about it backstage or anything like that, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's been duplicated many times, but... <laughs> The original deep cover um, uh, bracket that we do. We're coming draft back? Bracket. We're going for, is this our fourth year? Well, we got, uh, yeah, this, this will be our fourth year. Yeah, because yeah, Queen, Queen yeah. was the first one. Queen so we got to do, we do our draft bracket and we do our our mock draft, our live yeah. mock draft. So, yeah. So, you know, the, the we're going to have some stuff coming down the, coming down the pike, so. You know, just look out for that. Definitely got to tease those, man. Carrie DeCosta, Chris Ortiz, <laughs> <laughs> reprising their roles. 
me is uh, I don't know what my role is, but but I'm in there. I'm in the room. I don't I don't know who my, who my role is in there. Guy who uh, gets Ozzy, be Ozzy. Uh, Snazzy <laughs> Newsom. <laughs> I can do I can do the Snazzy Newsom role. But yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, and I, hey, we've had success. I mean, when we did the mock one, what was it that was the Duvernay year? We had Duvernay. I think yeah. we had two guys out of that. It was Duvernay and somebody else. I've been mad at people. Was it? They were we know, no, we had Gino. Yeah, we had Gino maybe that's what. Because yeah, I, I, I might be crossing years because those guys weren't in the same draft. So we might have got one guy one year and another and another. I know with the the bracket, the first round bracket, we hit on those like two years in a row. I think three years in a row. Was it three? Oh, that's right, Carrie. Technically, technically, he had it. We had Queen. Yeah. We had Bateman. We just didn't know that Philly was going to trade up. We had Jordan Davis, but Philly traded up and ruined it. You tweeted him out in one of your. It wasn't on the show. But you tweeted it out. Yeah, there's there's proof. And of this. I'm not and Carrie and Carrie had Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. So even before we were doing the bracket, so Carrie <clears throat> is definitely like four years in a row, going on five. DCP, we're gonna claim all of that. We're also four oh years. yeah, right. <laughs> four years. That's how we do. <laughs> going on five. We're just gonna jump. We're just gonna get on the bandwagon. Yeah, ride bandwagon, <laughs> all of that. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. Uh, to come back yeah. and, and do that again this year. Uh, sadly, it looks like after today, uh, after the Ohio State Pro Day, one of the guys I want to put, I guess we could still put him in the bracket, but he ain't. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't even put him in the bracket. Uh, <laughs> he, he may have no shot of getting 22 yeah. at this point. I told y'all that 448 was coming. I'm telling you. And I know some people have 453, 456. You know what? We know all these guys, you know, hand time and each. Each team uses their own, you know, time. I'm going with the 448 watch, whoever that was. I'm, I'm going with their watch. I understand it was some guys that had him a little bit slower, but I knew my man could get to that 448. And mm-hmm. I don't even know that he needed that, though. I think even in the four fives, I think the low four fives was good and enough. Right. We, we talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba, for those That's who right. don't, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Even the low four fives, I thought that was all he needed. I said he he had already – pretty much solidified it for me. I think DJ had him in like number 11 in this most recent mock. Like he got way up there. So. So over for that balling. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. But it like I was talking with a dude on, on Twitter today. I think it might have been Gully Squad or it might have been. I don't know who the other person was. I'd like to give people their credit, but I'm old and I can't remember. But they made a good point. They were just like, hey, you know what? They actually are picking in a spot since this is quote unquote a down year for wide receivers, right? This year, where they're picking, they could have like three guys of their pick at that spot, assuming that that part is true. I don't necessarily believe it. I think you've talked about it, Carrie. You certainly have, Chris. Like the way that the league values wide receivers right now, they can say it's down all they want. I think think you're going to see three or four of those guys go uh, in the first round, maybe five of them. Uh, but if you think Jackson Smith or Jigba has maybe separated himself a little bit, if you think Jordan Addison is still up there, because he had been the guy in most mocks who was like the first wide receiver coming off the board a lot of times. I know Zay Flowers has moved in there a little bit too, but if you think it's those two, it's maybe the first two guys, whichever order you think, Addison, JSN, JSN, Addison, whatever, 
and then you start to get into the you know the late teens and early twenties. Say Flowers could be there, Quentin Johnston could be there. Um, there's another name I'm blanking. Who's the third guy who could be there? Addison. Is it Addison? No, I'm assuming he's already gone. Oh, uh, let's say let's say him and JSN are gone. Flowers, oh, Johnston, Hyatt, maybe Hyatt could be there. So, I mean, they could have their pick of some dudes, you know, if if they if that's the direction that they want to go in. Obviously, you'll you'll have probably. I think that they'll probably still be corner there for sure because of how deep that is. You'll yeah. probably have a look at a corner if that's what you want. I know a lot of at least two mocks. Uh, since free agency started, has had Porter Jr. there now. He was yeah. going much earlier. He was going into teens, and now they got him going back. I, I think we could see see the, the cornerbacks slide a little bit too because um, in most mocks you saw Christian Gonzalez going to the Lions, and that's still not out of question, but they made a, a, you know, a few signings where they don't necessarily have to go cornerback at six. Yeah, you know, they signed two outside guys. And, you know, Chauncey Garner Johnson. You can play him in a slide. You can play him deep. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly was another landing spot for corner, but you know now yeah. they brought Slade back and Bradbury, so you know that maybe takes them out. You know, yeah. for a corner. So yeah, you can see those corners kind of slide a little bit. Yeah, and and I, a dude who's growing and growing and growing on me, man, Deontay Banks. I was I just gonna say that. that. <laughs> well, you're, I, big, you're big Banks guy. Yeah. I think he. I think I don't know, man. Uh, I'm gonna say what I need to say. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save okay. it. But um, yeah, I I have some thoughts on it, but I, I'll save it. Yeah, I know you probably like him more than some of the other guys that are up there. Um, you know that's been tough for me. I've been going back and forth on these guys because I've been writing them up and you know really trying to get a good grasp on them and I've been flip-flopping and going this way and going that way. I like Porter Jr. though. I like Porter Jr. a lot. I really do think do he too. could be he could be one of those guys who can be like a takeaway, you know, a side of the field type guy um, over time. I'm not saying he's gonna come in as a rookie and do that, but give him, you know, two, three years. He's got all the physical traits uh to do it. I wonder if he's sliding in some of these mocks because of how he ran. Like he didn't run super, super fast. Um wasn't slow, but it no. wasn't you know, I think people were thinking he was like a low four four type guy. I don't, I don't know that 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 that's. I'm not saying he's not capable of it because I don't know if Penn State's had their pro day or not. He'll probably run again and he'll probably run faster um, at their pro day. But I think because of his size and his length, you know, upper four fours, low four fives. That's that's plenty, right. that's plenty fast enough. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I need to watch Banks more. You and I talked about that because I'd seen him. I'd watched him. And I didn't, you know, I didn't come away as impressed. I was like, yeah, he's good. You get me wrong. See that? You got to be careful because you say this stuff. You say, oh, I'm not as impressed. People are like, oh, he thinks he's bad. No, we're, we're comparing the <laughs> top guys. These are all the top guys. These are all guys who are going to go in round one, we expect. So you're talking about the top of the top. So if you're saying, well, a guy, you know, within that group, you like one guy a little bit more than the other guy. Okay. We're talking about the best, <laughs> right? In the, in the project, projected to be the best. Let me say that because you never know. Second, third round guys come in and, and end up having better careers than guys in the first round. So let me not say that. Projected to be. Um, but it's going to be a fun class. It's going to be a fun group because there's a bunch of dudes. Oh, yeah. I mean, down into the third and maybe even the fourth round. 
There's a bunch of dudes that you could take and still come away feeling like, hey, we got a guy who can – if maybe he doesn't start year one, he'll, he'll play. He'll get on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's in like, you know, that's that second to fourth year, uh, fourth round range. But anyway, we can do like a whole another 30 minutes on draft. Uh, <laughs> we got to shut this down. We'll, we'll just keep going and just talking about different players. But um, thanks for teasing that other stuff, Chris. Very important. Yeah. Uh, first round. Yeah. Bracket. I'm, I'm yeah. not good. At, I'm not good at that stuff. So I'm glad it, it got into my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> you were right on the money with it this year because uh, we're, we're in that season. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We're getting yeah. ready to go into what last week of March next week. And what's the draft? Like third week in April? Something like yeah. That? Um last the I think the twenty seventh, I think is the first okay, night. Yeah. Yeah, into April. So it'll it'll be here before you know it, man. And that's that's one of our favorite times of year. Um so that's gonna be a good time as always. So hey, y'all know what to do. It's quite uh, quite clear like light beer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> share everywhere, <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend, like and subscribe. Uh, we're back. We'll be back throughout and, uh, you know, just keep tapping in, man. We appreciate everybody. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Talk to y'all later.